0: Here we go with Law and Gospel on this Wednesday, November the 4th, in the year of our Lord 2020. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and what are we going to be talking about on Wednesdays? We're talking about CFW Walther's Lectures to Seminarians, and although this is the year 2020, we're looking at the 29th evening lecture that Walther did on May the 29th, 1885. This is going to be a lecture that has 18 ways that pastors misdiagnose Christians. But before we get to that particular thesis, Paul uh, Walther always has a little bit of an introduction. He begins by talking about Revelation chapter 3, where both 2 and 3 speak of seven churches that God is talking about. Only one of them really has their act together, the church in Philadelphia. Walter talks about the church in Laodicea. And here's what he says. This is from God himself. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you are either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Wow. What Walter says is, in this perfect judgment of God, it is worse To be a lukewarm pastor, than a cold pastor, it's worse to be sluggish and indifferent. Who serves at his office because it is the profession in which he is making his living, than to be obviously ungodly. Now I didn't understand that when I first read it until Walter explained it. But when a pastor is ungodly, many in the congregation are going to recognize that and they're going to attempt to correct him. But if he is sluggish, the problem is he's sluggish about evangelism, about going out with the message of the gospel, and it won't take long before the entire congregation is lulled into spiritual sleep, because this pastor is neither hot nor cold. Now, there's no doubt that when a pastor leads a clearly ungodly life or teaches ungodly doctrine, many of the people in the congregation will not follow him. Rather, they turn away from him with disgust. Just not that long ago, there were two pastors that were removed from the congregation by the laity because of their fooling around with other women who were not their wives. That is what Walter is talking about, that the congregation recognized that when they found out about that, they removed them as pastors. So, faithful pastors must not only avoid being lukewarm or cold, they must be warm. Remember, Walter is talking to seminary students who are going to be pastors. And he uses, from Paul, 2 Corinthians 5, 13. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. What Paul is saying is that a pastor must demonstrate greater earnestness and enthusiasm then the majority of the members of the congregation may like or even approve. And that's really what God wants us to do. I mean, how many of the congregation, they're not that happy when the pastor is preaching law to make them uncomfortable and help them to see the need for a Savior. Or when he talks about that those who come to communion are those who have been properly prepared and he practices closer close communion. A lot of congregations aren't happy with that. But a really passionate pastor, according to Walther, has to take the office of the many of the ministry seriously. But he ought not go beyond what the Word of God declares in presenting what a Christian is. And this now leads to his 17th thesis. So let me read it. You are not rightly distinguishing law and gospel in the word of God if you describe believers in a way that is not always realistic, both with regard to the strength of their faith and to the feeling and fruitfulness of their faith. What is Walter talking about? He then follows this with 18 ways in which pastors give a wrong impression of a Christian. He, he talks about it, and remember, he's speaking to seminarians who are going to become pastors. He says, young pastors fre- frequently make this mistake. They want to make an impression on their people want to awaken them from natural security and so they think they must keep on placing demands on those who are christians in order to prevent any hypocrites from regarding themselves as christians in many respects christians are quite different from the scriptures descriptions truly given in good faith in sermons. And pastors, yes, we want to awaken people, but that cannot be our ultimate aim. The ultimate aim must be to lead their listeners to the assurance that they have forgiveness of sins with God, the hope of the future blessed life, and confidence to meet death cheerfully. So it must be something that pastors need to be careful of. They should never say, and here's the first item, anyone who does this or that is not a Christian. What C.F.W. Walther is showing from the Bible, it is not uncommon for Christians to act in very unchristian ways. I've visited both state prisons and federal prison, and the people there, many of them are Christian, but they have done terrible crimes, uh, murder, etc. And so if I say to them, "Well, obviously you're in prison, you cannot be a Christian." Wow, what I am saying is that that is a description. That is not true. Even Christians commit terrible sins. And therefore, it's important to tell the Christian what they should desire to be doing, but frequently recognize that they do not accomplish it. So, this is unbiblical walther says this is number 2 if a preacher claims that christians do not have a true godly will if they do not do good to everything that is unbiblical because we have christians in church confessing in the liturgy their poor miserable sinners deserving nothing but temporal and eternal punishment So if a pastor gives the impression, boy, if you're doing that kind of sinning, you cannot be a Christian, that is unbiblical. The third way in which pastors do this is in a, a situation, Christians feel like slaves. But the difference is that they do not obey their master gladly as Christian slaves are supposed to obey the Lord, they obey sin with the greatest reluctance. So if you feel that you are not a proper slave of the Lord, you are not a Christian, that can be a really bad statement because a proper slave, a proper Christian, is someone who therefore does sin, but they do it with great reluctance. A fourth way that pastors often say in sermons, you are not a Christian if you are unsure of your salvation. Now, that's a terrible thing to say because many Christians are often unsure of whether or not they're going to be saved. Because the devil gives them the impression, you're a sinner. How do you think that you're going to be saved? In fact, brand new Christians think that, well, I've now become a Christian, maybe joined the Lutheran church, and therefore I'm pure, I've forsaken the world. They have heaven in their heart, but they're not aware of the starving beasts That lie in wait for them. And that is because of the tribulations that arise for them. And they imagine, boy, why is this happening to me? God must not think I'm a Christian. And so it's wrong for pastors to say that Christians will be pure in heart. The fifth way. Pastors have no right to denounce a person as an unbeliever if he is not doing all that he should, because the Christian maintains that he does not want to do these things. But if he commits sin from weakness or in rashness, he can still be a Christian. In other words, it's against God's will to have bad thoughts. And when somebody says something against you, you may want to think about saying something against them. That's a sin. But that doesn't mean that you're not a Christian because this fifth way is the fact that you are weak. In fact, he quotes Isaiah 64, verse 6. We have all become like one who is unclean, And all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. We all fade like a leaf. And our iniquities, like the wind, take us away. So this is important to remember that this describes the life of a Christian. The sixth way in which pastors miss state what a Christian is. Some people claim that Christians are perfect. And he says, you do not need to be a Methodist. Uh, the Methodists began with a group of church leaders and lay people in England who adopted a method to reach a state of holiness. The fact is, therefore, that when Christians realize they are not holy, these people will think what the pastor is telling them is they're not really a Christian. And here, Walter makes a distinction between intentional sins and unintentional sins. Because an intentional sin would indeed drive the Holy Spirit from them. This is why we have excommunication. In other words, if a person is doing an intentional sin and not repenting of them because they don't think it's a sin, we need to wake them up. Walter has a poem that he speaks about, and we're not really sure of its source, but it really has an interesting understanding. It says, oh, indeed, shall I ever trust him? till I come there to behold him, till he holds our wedding feast. This is a poem from a devotional book. It's not part of a hymn or anything. But did you see the point it's making? Because of my sin, will I ever trust him fully? Well, I will when I will behold him when he holds our wedding feast. And that's the judgment day when Jesus as the groom takes his bride into heaven. The seventh way in which pastors claim that you're not a Christian is when they say, you must have pleasant feelings. Well, that's terrible. Because even unbelievers can have pleasant feelings. And therefore, it simply is not true. Many unbelievers live without any worries of conscience. And therefore, to say that if you Christians have worries of conscience, then you're not truly a Christian. No. The eighth way is Christians are free from all anxiety, free from doubt. That is not true either. Taught any pastor in the Lutheran church, and he will tell you the many times that he visited people who were really afraid of not going to heaven because they were such wretched people. So Christians may not be free from all anxiety, free from doubt. The ninth way, students sometimes talk about the blessed state of a Christian and they say it should be based on your pleasant feelings that you know that you're accepted by god well that would be wonderful if we were able to have those pleasant feelings but at times it occurs that to depict the happy moments that christians do occasionally enjoy when giving a foretaste of their future happiness you must also tell your listeners that a lot of these times you may be really happy, like at a Christmas worship service, but they're passing moments in the lives of Christians. Walter describes them as sunbeams that, that find their way into the hearts once in a while. The 10th way that pastors mess up who Christians are is when they say a person may have an ir- irritable temper and therefore when they become a Christian, they lose their temper. Well, that is untrue. When a person becomes a Christian, he does not turn from a bear into a lamb. No, some Christians often have great trouble Keeping their temper. And therefore, judgmental Christians tend to think that, boy, somebody with such a temper cannot possibly be a fellow Christian. And yet, who knows that that person who has the temper recognizes what they have done and asks for forgiveness? An eleventh way that pastors describe Christians, that is wrong. They describe Christians as being as patient as Job and cheerfully would say what Job said. The Lord gave, the Lord has taken away, blessed be the name of the Lord. Well, that's unbiblical in the sense that, yes, Job indeed said those words, but not all Christians are capable or easy to say them. Many Christians grow impatient when trouble strikes. Their impatience may even become violent, even over unimportant matters. But later when they get a grip on themselves, they are ashamed of themselves. So because somebody has a temper does not mean that they are not a Christian. The twelfth way. Pastors say that Christians never commit a coarse sin. Well, all you need to do is go to prisons, and you will find people who not only have committed coarse sins, but who also confess that they are Christians. Therefore, Christians commit coarse sins, but then they surrender unconditionally to the Word of God even though they may not do so immediately. And so the pastor gives time so that they come to a term of repentance. Number 13 is one that I've heard. There are Christians, or there are pastors who say that Christians are people who never fear death. That is a serious misrepresentation. It is indeed a special gift from God if someone is not afraid of dying. And in my ministry, I would say it this way. Young people or middle-aged people who are living a life here on earth with family and friends, they they can be afraid of dying. But then there are those shut-ins we visit, shut-ins who no longer have a spouse whose children live far away or they've had no children. And they often will say to the pastor, pastor, why is God allowing me to live? I'm in this sheltered home, Uh, hardly anyone visits me. I'm looking forward to going to heaven. So that's really important. Number 14, pastors say Christians, should not have pride. Well, it is one of the worst vices because it is a sin against the first commandment. But all of us to some degree are prideful. And we break the first commandment. But there is forgiveness for even that. So because somebody is prideful doesn't mean they are not a Christian. The 15th way in which pastors are incorrect, is saying Christians always are enthusiastic in prayer, as if prayer were their most cherished occupation. Walter says this is simply not the case. In fact, he refers to the Lord's Prayer as the greatest martyr on earth. Uh, I've heard this um, said in this way. There's two cowboys, and one cowboy says to the other cowboy, if you can say the Lord's Prayer uh, without your mind wandering, I'll give you my horse. So the other cowboy begins to say, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed. Oh, does that include the saddle? Immediately. The, the prayer is messed up, and so it is wrong to give the impression that Christians always, always pray perfectly. Number 16, pastors say Christians who desire to grow rich are not really Christians. Well, that's not true either. Business people in particular may be in great danger of turning into misers, and therefore they use their finances in ways that are helpful for the neighbors, etc. The 17th way is saying that Christians are only people who make a display of their godliness. No. No. A lot of times, even the disciples spoke with the Lord and really acted against his presence. Even John, the beloved disciple, did that. Christ did not denounce them as being unconverted. He treated them as converted people who nevertheless still carried a sizable portion of the old Adam with them. So you may refer to actions of strong or exceptionally faithful Christians, but don't give the impression that if you're not like that, you're not a Christian. And finally, the 18th way that pastors mess it up is when members are received into the congregation and they are regarded as godless, unconverted people if they do not immediately engage in a religious conversation with you or with others. So those are 18 ways in which pastors confuse law and gospel by talking about Christians in a way that is untrue. On tomorrow's law and gospel, We'll be talking about rumination. Listen to Law and Gospel God bless you. at 930 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962.